Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You have Ron DeSantis, you've got Tim Scott, you've got Mike Pence. They all voted to raise the debt. And Donald Trump added $8 trillion to our debt. And our kids are never going to forgive us for this. And so at the end of the day, you look at the 2024 budget. Republicans asked for $7.4 billion in earmarks. Democrats asked for $2.8 billion. So you tell me who are the big spenders. I think it's time for an accountant in the White House. Vice President Pence. Um, DeSantis, Haley would win 35 states. I 90% of the time when I talk about this stuff, I'm just talking about um, did it help him or hurt him as a candidate? It's not like I'm not advocating a policy. I follow this like a sport. Maybe that makes me a bad American. Um, I I think it does. I'm entirely about (laughs) ideas, just so you can, you know, keep that in mind. Draw a bright line. But uh, on this particular issue, I wanted to play that clip just because I was happy that it came up a couple of times, at least in the debate, that... We're spending ourselves to death, and hey, the Republicans do it too. I mean, I was I was happy to see that at least get addressed some. Yeah, Nikki Haley did not have a uh, a less than strong moment the entire time. No, she, everything good. she said was really good. You know, just in general, I was looking at that when they when the debate started and the camera pans around and everything like that. I thought the Republican Party gets no credit for the fact that you got. An Indian guy up there, you got a black guy up there, you got a woman up there who's also of color. Get no credit for that. Right, right. Uh, Of course not. Of course not. Uh, Any uh, hope that 
anyone's clinging to for the mainstream media, to be honest, is a foolish one at at best. You got a fat guy? It's a good point. Thank you for phrasing it. Representing the morbidly obese. uh, That was was shockingly insensitive. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, why don't we get right into this? Why wait? Oh, we're thinking uh, maybe in in 20 minutes, half an hour or so, we're going to get into some of the highlights of Trump talking to Tucker because there were some notable moments. I, you know, I said to Jack before the show, I think it was, I said, why the heck would I want to hear Trump interviewed again? Uh, But you know what? Tucker came at it from a very different point of view than yeah. most interviews, and it was interesting. So, he anyway. asked some questions nobody ever asked. Like, do you think they're out to kill you? Yeah, that's, you don't get that often. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think, is there anything we want to do before we get into 58, which is the one that torqued us off so much? Um, we played a bunch of highlights in previous hours. Um why don't we just get right to 58? This is, I thought, a great moment for DeSantis, but absolutely the low moment for Fox News, Brett Baer, Martha McCallum. And we talked to Brett on Monday this week and uh, tried to hint at avoiding crap like this. But for whatever reason, they didn't. Go ahead and roll it, Michael. So oh, Alexander you know Diaz from Young. So, can you stop it? Um the theme is asking questions from a progressive point of view to Republican candidates in front of a Republican audience, live and in TV, trying to pick the best Republican to run for president, representing Republican values. Well, and in this case, a topic I'm not even sure you need to bring up in a Republican debate. Oh, not at all. Good point. Yeah. All right. Roll in, Michael. So Alexander Diaz from Young America's Foundation has a question for you all. Polls consistently show that young people's number one issue is climate change. How will you, as both President of the United States and leader of the Republican Party, calm their fears that the Republican Party doesn't care about climate change? So we want to start on this with a show of hands. Do you believe in human behavior is causing climate change? Raise your hand if you do. Look, look, we're not school children. Let's have the debate. I mean, I'm happy to take it to start. (laughs) Alexander, so do you want to raise your hand or not? So do you want to raise your hand or not? Brett says, are you kidding me? So they have a child asking a a question about a progressive issue and then show of hands. Who believes humans caused climate change and who didn't? Here's a great gotcha moment. What the hell? This is all wrong. And obviously, well, first of all, I've seen the polling on issues Republicans care about. Climate change is at the bottom. So it doesn't need to come up in a Republican debate at all. You want to ask it in a Democratic debate? Fine. That's their issue. And then you ask it in a Republican debate, and you don't ask it from the only perspective Republicans tend to look at it from is, how much is this going to damage the economy? How much is this going to hurt us and help China and India? No, you ask it from the standpoint of, young people are worried about climate change. What are you going to do to make sure we believe you care? What? Why would you ever, as the Republican Party, allow it to be asked from that standpoint? The question should have been, if you're going to bring it up at all, of uh, how concerned are you that government policy is going to devastate our economy while China and India continue to billow coal smoke into the air? Right, right. Or even, as I suggested earlier, say... A lot of folks believe human activity has made climate change worse. How can we balance protecting the economy with protecting the environment? What is your strategy? Well, that would have been a lot better. 
That's a perfectly valid question. And then the show of hands. I mean, there are things that are somewhat stupid. There are things that are kind of passively stupid. Then there are things that are aggressively stupid. And that show of hands thing is is unforgivably idiotic. I hate it, hate it, hate it. Unless the question is, have you ever been surfing? Show of hands. <laughs> but a, quest, a show of hands of something is nuanced. As, as climate change and its intersection with the economy, that was a low moment for Fox News. Yeah, I couldn't be a bigger Brett Bear fan, for, but for him to, oh, is that a yes or a no? Really? Are you kidding me? Wow, that's weak. And again, the fact I that feel like my wife got drunk and threw a punch at my mom. I mean, <laughs> I've loved you for a long time, but I can't even look at you right now. Well, that'd be an By the way. awkward evening. That, to say the least. By the way, my wife is an angel and has never done anything even approaching that. For the record. So, a question they could have asked and didn't last night is uh, any of the transgender teaching in school and stuff like that? That is a question that Republicans are into all across the country. But no, they don't ask that. They ask about climate change. I mean, it's just, I don't understand why the Republican Party puts up with this. I am telling you, and, and I've tried to believe in my heart that, that Brett was outside of this characterization. All of those D.C. journalists know each other. They lunch with each other. Their kids go to the same schools. They operate in the same circles. Uh, obviously, m- media monitors media constantly around the clock. And I think the need to belong, the need to be part of the crew and, and to be greeted warmly at the club and the rest of it, I think it infects conservative journalists in D.C. You become part of that uh, that uh, you know cabal of power and influence that Mark Leibovitz wrote about so skillfully in this town, um, and and you just you start to see the world from the perspective of the vast majority of your peers, and it's it's ninety to one, uh, ninety to ten, liberal and conservative in journalism. Well, I'll admit I was probably in my forties before I caught on to this and had been going on my whole life. They always ask every question. From the perspective of the way liberals would look at it. Mm-hmm. And it's just a thing. So there you go. Well, and it, what's particularly annoying about it is I get the desire to ask people tough questions on a debate stage. Makes you look good as a journalist. It is arguably a good way to get information out of them. Uh, it's a good way to challenge them. So it's not a softball fest because you don't want that either. The problem is even conservatives, when they're trying to ask quote unquote tough questions, approach it from a, a progressive point of view. There are other ways to ask tough questions. Well, for, are they ever going to have on a, de- a, a, a debate for Democrats on the stage? where they say majorities of Americans, including Democrats, are against abortion in the second and third trimester. What are you going to do to make those people happy? Right. Or as one of the uh, one of the participants in the debate more or less shouted this out, and I can't remember whether it was Nikki Haley or, uh, well, I don't want to get it wrong. It doesn't matter. But one of them said, we need the media to ask Democrats, what is your limit? The 40th week, the 39th, the moments before birth. What is why does the media not ask Democrats these questions? Right. It's a damn good question. Yeah, I I actually thought the uh, policy back and forth on uh, the abortion issue was pretty interesting. There was it was way more scholastic than you usually get out of a debate. 
on the whole how do we as conservatives say for decades look this is a state's issue and then when we finally get it thrown back to the states we decide it's a federal issue and want the the federal government i thought that was great and uh burgum the governor of north dakota who should be getting more attention but he's from a state people don't pay attention to so it makes it tough um i thought he was great i thought it was really an interesting conversation michael hit us with clip 43 this is doug burgum we should not have a federal abortion ban and the reason why we shouldn't is very simple it's the 10th Amendment in the Constitution. In the Constitution, which the states created the federal government, not the other way around, it says that there were certain duties allowed to the federal government delegated to them by the states. The rest are left to the states, comma, or importantly, or to the people. We need to get back to freedom and liberty for the people in this country. The man from North Dakota. High five, buddy. And the pushback. And so this is a good, great, grown up discussion that's difficult. So the pushback to that from a couple of the candidates including tim scott was well look if you have a conscience we have we have that clip ready to go yeah clip uh, 44 michael we cannot let states like california new york and illinois have abortions on demand up until the day of birth that is immoral it is unethical it is wrong we must have a president of the united states who will advocate and fight for at the minimum a 15-week limit i'm a hundred percent pro-life conservative i have a hundred percent pro-life record I got to tell you, though, we must fight for life. And then Nikki Haley made the point that, look, if the bans are too strict, we will lose election after election, which is the point I've always made. Another great nuance. I mean, that's a grown up. This is the way all of the all of all of debates should be. (laughs) Right. So you combine what Doug Burgum said about the Constitution with uh, Tim Scott's convincing screed about what about the most horrific examples of abortion and Nikki Haley's, look, we've got to find moderation in this because that's where the American people are. You can arrive at, I think, a very intelligent and moral and popular policy. But it's always one extreme or the other, and the Democrats are never asked the question at all. Right. They don't have to deal with the nuances. No. no they, hell, they don't even have to deal with the broad strokes. I'm pro-life. Yay! I'm sorry. I'm pro-choice. Yay! So who, no way to run a superpower. Who has the other Republican debates? So this Fox was... Business has the next one. Okay. Is it going to be Maria Bartiromo and the uh, and uh, uh, Charles Payne? I like Charles Payne. Oh, love Charles Payne. Uh, anyway, the the main thing, and we mentioned this earlier in the show. You didn't hear? <laughs> Nobody really attacked. I mean, there wasn't a wall of attack of the front runner who has like a fifty point lead. So nothing changed. No, it changed maybe who's the second place dog, but unless the lead dog bows out, it's not of that great significance. Speaking of the lead dog, interesting conversation with Tucker Carlson. We'll play some highlights of that later on in the hour. One of my favorite all-time sayings, unless you're the lead dog, the view never changes. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Stay Mm. with us. Armstrong and Getty.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home the armstrong and getty show i want to read this article in the new york times that just came across how can schools and parents thrive with ai first assume all students are using chat gpt <laughs> yeah this is the first mm-hmm. school year of it being really out there and prevalent and everybody has access to it and there's going to be some adjustment yeah, no doubt at every level of school. Yeah. Well, we've got some uh, schoolyard craziness stuff to discuss. We may have to push it off to tomorrow because politics are so big today. But um, speaking of politics, Jonathan Turley with an absolutely brilliant piece he wrote. It appeared in the New York Post. Joe Biden's Ukraine defense falls apart. While the Republicans were throwing haymakers at each other last night, there is a senile old crook at the head of the government. Um And he opens amusingly with President Obama's famous warning to fellow Democrats in 2020, don't underestimate Joe's ability to F things up, which I think is now, you know, prescient. Um, and, And he mentions that Biden's always had a penchant for bragging, whether it's claiming a dead man told him he reached a million miles on Amtrak or being a cross-country trucker, fighting off some bad dude named Corn Pop. He's always the tough guy. Um, In a 2018 interview at the Council on Foreign Relations, we've all seen this clip many times, Biden bragged that he unilaterally withheld a billion dollars in U.S. aid from the Ukrainians to force them to fire Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin. And the whole, I looked at them and said, I'm leaving in six hours that the prosecutor isn't fired and you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch, he got fired. Ha, ha, ha. And the response from the Washington elite was rapturous. Though the story was not only impolitic, but embarrassing for an ally. The Ukrainians were Joe's new corn pop. And he (laughs) recounted how he stared them down in a high noon diplomatic moment. That's really bad, dude. That's a really good description. But here's here's where the rubber meets the road. A State Department memo is shedding disturbing light on that account and shredding aspects of Biden's justification for the action. Indeed, the ultimatum may have been the quid pro quo 
or the quid and a quid pro quo agreement as part of the Biden influence peddling scandal. The premise of the story is that Biden took this extraordinary stand because there was little hope for anti-corruption efforts in Ukraine if Shokin remained the prosecutor. He was corrupt himself. That is now questionable. In an October 1, 2015 memo summarizing the recommendations of the Interagency Policy Committee that was handling anti-corruption efforts in Ukraine, quote, Ukraine has made sufficient progress on its reform agenda to justify a third guarantee of, of money. One senior official even complimented Shokin on his progress in fighting corruption. He was doing a really good job. So Biden was told to deliver on the federal aid, but elected unilaterally demand that Shokin be fired. When the firing occurred, Shokin's office was investigating Burisma Holdings, an energy firm that paid Hunter Biden a huge amount of money at that time. The State Department had identified it as a corrupt company engaged in bribery. So all of the documentation below Joe Biden is suggesting Burisma needed to be investigated, Chokin was doing a good job, and we should free up the money. Did Biden go off the reservation in denying that aid unless they fired Chokin? Jonathan Turley is not a lightweight or nor a nut. No. Boy, if that could be nailed down, that is something. Trump's big interview with Tucker. We got some uh, headlines from a bunch of other stuff on the way, too. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. There's rich men north of Richmond, Lord knows it all, just want to have total control, want to know what you think. Point to, yeah. So at what point do we play the song without bleeping it? Because they played the unbleeped version on Fox last night for the debate. It's cable news, not broadcast news, Jack. That makes all the difference because the law is stupid. With a bunch of conservatives tuning in, you can drop the S-bomb. Okay, I don't know. I mean, you know. More. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, uh, how about that guy... Puts out the song video he recorded in his backyard, and two weeks later, it's the lead of the Republican debate. Uh, and for good reason, because this is a good topic. 
But the counter-programming for all the wannabes that don't have a chance unless something happens to Trump is that Trump was doing an interview with Tucker Carlson on his Twitter feed, which has now got 150 million views or something. I haven't checked for an hour, so it might be 200 million now. I don't know what that means either. I don't know how they count them or how many uh, how you figure out how many people actually watch it but it i'm sure it's a lot yeah fair enough it smells click uh click farmy to me but i'd love to hear somebody from the tech world explain that i mean because obviously half of the population of the united states hasn't watched it if individuals have clicked on <laughs> right. it several times to watch sections of it okay that explains some of it right but so we thought we'd play a little bit of trump on tucker uh, and here's some uh a guy like chris christie a guy left with a Eight percent. Think of it. Eight percent approval rating in New Jersey. Now he's running for president, and he runs solely on the basis. Oh, let's get Trump. Let's. He's like a savage uh, uh, maniac. He's like a lunatic, and that's all he talks about. His poll numbers are very, very low. He's about two percent. What's he like? You know him well. No, I've had. I've been friendly with him over the years, but I couldn't give him a, a job because I just never trusted him very much. Uh, I was just never one of his people that really trusted him. I never gave him the job. And that's one of the reasons he feels so hurt and so betrayed. And I understand that. I really do. I understand it. But I never gave him. You know, he wanted to be different things. He was looking at different uh, elements of the administration. And we decided, uh, I decided just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it. And now I'm glad I did because you see. I don't know know if there's any point in a conversation really about a guy who's at 1% in the polls. Yeah, that was a little rambly. Yeah. Uh, give me 94. I hear this is good. Back to Biden, I'm interested. So you think he's failing. He obviously is failing. I think it's clear to everybody. But that would make Kamala Harris the candidate? Well, not really. I mean, I guess they'd have uh, maybe a free-for-all. A lot of people say she has to remain for certain reasons, the candidate. She has to. I don't think that's true, actually. I don't think that other people would stand for it. Uh, she has some bad moments. Her moments are almost as bad as his. I think his are worse, actually. Yeah. But she seems pretty senile, too. She speaks in, uh, in rhyme. <laughs> and, uh, it's weird. It's weird. But she has bad moments. And in rhyme? What do you- well, the way she talks, the bus will go here, and then the bus will go there, because that's what buses do. <laughs> it's weird. The whole thing is weird. This is not a president of the United States future. And... Uh, I think they probably have some kind of a primary and other people will get involved. Oh my God, that's classic Trump right there with a very astute assessment and well phrased of Kamala Harris's situation or in the whole political situation. People say, well, the the trouble is Biden can't resign because they've got the problem of Kamala Harris in there. And and Trump says, I don't think it's a problem. I don't think it's. (laughs) And I think he's right. I don't think it'd be that big a problem. You push her out and you put somebody else in. You're right. His style is so weird and rambly and vague, but then he he absolutely cuts to the truth. And then it's back to the weird she rambling. She like speaks in rhyme. What do you mean rhyme? You know, the bus will go here, the bus will go there. Hey, everybody likes a bus. <laughs> that was so strange, but so it was so terrible. It's weird. The and way she so talks good is weird. simultaneously. <laughs> You're right. That's the best description. The way she talks is weird. <laughs> Oh, Here's Trump talking about interact, interacting with the mainstream media. This was uh, revealing. 98, please, Michael. I didn't mind Chris Wells because uh, he wouldn't do, Biden wouldn't do a show. And it was very obvious. You know, he kept asking him and asking, but he wouldn't do the show. So I figured he's got to like me. But he came from a different planet. 
But remember when I asked the question, why is it that the mayor of Moscow's wife is allowed to give you three and a half million dollars? Don't forget, that was brought up now. It's brought up all the time. But that was brought up by me long before anyone ever heard of it. I said, the mayor of Moscow's wife giving you three and a half million dollars. What did you do to deserve three and a half million dollars to Biden? And Chris Wallace said, this doesn't uh, this has nothing to do with the debate. <laughs> I mean, he, he got in the way of the question. No. He, well, it was it was crazy. And I said, well, wait a minute. He got three and a half million from the mayor of Moscow's wife. Now, people forget that. But if you go back and take a look, you will see. And Chris Wallace didn't want me to ask that question. I said, I think it's a very appropriate question. It turned out to be much more appropriate than people thought. Amazing. Well, there's now a history of a, a few debates, debates in recent cycles where the moderator jumps in uh, at the, the, to the um, dismay of the Republican candidate, Trump, and then once Mitt Romney, where it turns out, you find out later, the Republican was right. The moderator was wrong. The moderator merely reflected the current conventional wisdom right. on the left and insisted that was true. All right, one more, 99. I'm looking at the trajectory since 2015 when you got into politics, yeah. you know, for real, and then won. Uh, there, it started with protests against you, massive protests, right. organized protests by the left, and then it moved to impeachment twice, right. and now indictment. I mean, the next stage is, is violence. Is, are you worried that they're going to try and kill you? Why wouldn't they try and kill you, honestly? Uh, they're savage animals. They are people that are sick, really sick. Wow. Wow. Do you worry about getting killed? Well, he's got to be at least somewhat concerned. There's a reason they have Secret Service protection. So Tucker's Twitter feed claims now it's 200 million views. And I, like I said, I don't completely understand how they measure the stuff on Twitter or what that means. But uh, the, I, I, just, I was watching the debate last night and just I kept I kept thinking to myself, what what is this, what is going on here? What why is what is happening here? Is um, I heard somebody call it um, cabinet idol, like American <laughs> Idol. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because what are they doing? Unless they're going to unless you're going to come out there, a bunch of you with the goal of taking down the person that's at the top, because I want to be on the top. And what are you mm-hmm. doing? What What is happening? Well, the answer, which I've given many times, is you're positioning yourself to be in second place when Trump falls. Now, if Trump falls is obviously the question, but that's their only option at this point. What else are you going to do? They're doing the only thing they can do, and it's odd, it's weird, it's practically unprecedented, but that's their only option. I think I'm about out of the ability to talk about this, but... I was listening to some punditry uh, around Ron DeSantis, and, you know, when this is all said and done, and Trump's the nominee, and DeSantis's thing didn't go the way he thought it would, they'll look back on it, and there was a moment after the 2022 midterms when the Republicans didn't do near as good as they should have historically and all the different sort of stuff. That was the low point for Trump since 2015, there's no doubt. He, was, he had announced but wasn't doing anything, and the Republicans just got beaten and just that was like the low ebb really for trump mm-hmm. desantis should have announced earlier he should have got in there he should have, he had just come off his 20 point florida win he should have like taken the mantle and gone forward strong i'm the guy now but he laid back 
He let that moment pass. He didn't announce for a long time. And then when he did, he did it on Twitter for some reason and with lots of problems and just, yeah. You're, you're right, except the one thing you're missing is it would be ruinous if you announced your presidential run right after you won governor. Uh, that's, that's a horrible look. For the people of Florida? Yeah. Well, and just in general. It's just a bad look. Mm. Um, uh, you know, everybody's so obsessed with the presidency. Maybe you could have gotten away with it. Um, but got this from uh, Matt the Trapper, who apparently knows everything. This is Matt, who helped me rid my front yard of, was it some sort of gopher or something? Um when they were destroying my front yard, um, they were, of course, captured gently and brought to a gopher reserve right. upstate. With all their kill- kids getting college educations. Right, exactly. Yeah, and there was no, I don't know, snapping of their necks involved at all. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I just want to make that clear for the record. Uh, but Matt the Trapper writes, media platforms count you as a view for as little as two seconds of watching, even just a hover that launches a brief preview. Even autoplay that runs two to three seconds before you shut it off. That's a huge part of how Tucker and many others get the numbers they do. It's not even close to representing the crowd that watched the entire content or even the majority of it. What's a hover? When you hover over something and it uh, and it, it autoplays a preview or what have you, you hover your mouse over it. Mm. Well, that happens a lot of times when I'm not even wanting to watch something. And they get Correct. to count that as something? Correct. Yeah. Boy, for... For, and this has been, um, let me stand up for traditional media, like radio and television. Television's a fad. Radio, uh, radio, television, and newspaper. Our ability to measure how many people are going to hear your advertisement is so much better than any of your new media stuff. Which yeah. which a lot, a lot of advertising went to Facebook and places like that when they were hot years ago. And a lot of it's come back to radio and TV because advertisers figured out th- 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 those numbers don't add up. It doesn't We're work. We're not getting any results. No, exactly. We're not getting any results. You claim that 18 gazillion people heard my ad for Ford, but nobody's coming in and saying they heard the ad on Google. We're still hearing people say we heard the ad on the radio station. So, yeah, it just so they've got to come up with a better way to measure that stuff. They're doing the You're- more harm than good. Your assertion that we can measure it more actively, I think you need to flip it on its head. They have an ability to easily exaggerate the number of people exposed to your message by 10 times, by 100 times, by 1,000 times, and they do it all the time. They lie like maniacs in a way that old media couldn't even if we wanted right. to. But it's only going to work for a while. It, you know, if, you, if, oh, yeah. the, if the advertisers don't get results, it's not going to work. So you're going to have to come up with a better way. Yeah, I would assume because I like I would I would like to know how many people watch how big a deal is Trump's Twitter Twitter feed I don't have any idea. Meanwhile, if you like you know talk radio, if you like podcasts, patronize our sponsors. It 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 keeps this existing. This not just our show, but our colleagues and some of the other shows you might like. Listen to who's advertising. Support them because they're supporting what you like. So I've been reading this article during commercial breaks about AI in schools this year, because this is the first real year of having to deal with it. And it's going to be a mess, man. Oh, we're, yeah. we're into yeah. such a new world around that, that and other stuff on the way. I hope you can stick around.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The Armstrong and Getty Show. couple of L.A. area athletes to mention real quick. Shohei Otani. One of the best pitchers in the world, probably the best hitter in the world, tore his UCL and won't pitch again this season. That sucks. Oh, he won't do anything, will he? Well, just said pitch. Hanson, is he not batting either? You can't bat with the... the... He will continue as a designated hitter. His numbers right now are crazy. He's hitting 304, 44 home runs. Absolutely amazing. He hit a 442-foot home run yesterday. I don't know if you saw the video, but it was wow, a blast. Anyway, that did sucks. he did he hit it and run out and grab it and hit it again <laughs> <laughs> with his hurt arm? Different L.A. athlete now deceased, Kobe Bryant. They're putting up a statue somewhere in L.A. It's kind of a tribute to him. And um, I think it's is it still Staples Center or wherever the Lakers play? Uh, I'm under no obligation to use the sponsor name for stadiums. I have signed nothing. Right. I'm yeah. gonna. I'm just gonna go back to calling it the Lakers Forum. Stadium. Yeah, it's the, still the, the forum. forum, like it's 1986. Yeah. Um, yes. The, the only reason I bring that up is uh, one, he, he, most most sports fans think he didn't get a couple of league MVPs when he was clearly the best player in the league because of the controversy around the, the alleged rape that he. Uh, oh right, yeah, that whole thing. And um, Colorado hotel clerk, right? Yes, I remember. And the league really downplayed the best player in the league for years because of that. And now there's a statue going up because he died horrifically and all that sort of stuff. And just it doesn't matter to me. Uh, the only reason I'm really thinking of it is I was in my kid's classroom last night for back to school night, and there was a picture of Kobe Bryant up. They had inspirational posters around. I went over and it was like quote from Kobe Bryant. And I thought he's mm-hmm. now become a guy you quote to inspire people which is well, fine a, i'm not anti kobe bryant but he achieved amazing things obviously he was uh, you know one of the greatest ever in his field but what's the sociological mathematics there right that's what i was thinking that's what i was thinking why I mean, him because he died tragically if he hadn't and he died, died with his child if he hadn't died tragically there wouldn't be an inspirational kobe bryant quote in the classroom right 
I don't think so. I'm, I'm trying to remember the particulars of the rape accusation. It was settled out of court. There was not a criminal hearing, as I recall, or trial or anything like that. Um, he bought his yeah, wife a $4 million diamond ring to smooth things over, and there you go. Uh, yeah, what is the sociological math there? I don't, I don't know. Hmm. Speaking of schools. Came across this in the New York Times today. How schools can survive and maybe even thrive with AI this fall. Written by a tech person, not an education person. Which is kind of interesting. Step one, assume all students are going to use the technology. And this tech guy goes into, if you're a little bit older and have heard about it, but not delved into it or whatever, it is so much more prevalent than you realize it is. The whole chat GPT thing. Or using Mm -hmm. AI of some sort. And... Um, talking about how schools' response last year when it first hit the scene, a lot of schools were banning ChatGPT and any tools like it. This tech guy thinks that that was a mistake. A lot of schools have realized it was a mistake and have gone the other direction for a couple of reasons he points out. With the biggest one being, look, it's here to stay. Everybody's going to have to learn how to use it pretty much in whatever world you live in, whether whether it's for your ah. job or you're looking to buy a house or finance a car or figure out a whatever, whatever you're going to do right. in your life. It's it's like the tool. It'd be like, it would have been like banning personal computers from schools in 1984. Math teachers smashing calculators with a hammer in 1962 or whatever. Yeah, right. So a lot more educators are embracing it. He also goes on to say, look, I know you've heard about these programs that can catch papers written by chat he said they're they're way worse than you think they are the the false positives are so high they're almost useless mm. he said i don't wow. recommend you using that at all he said in the future there may be some sort of watermark technology kind of like he's using that figuratively obviously kind of like you have on a you know money i mean it's such a complicated mark that they put in the money to make it uniquely that they might be able to do something like that with these artificial intelligence programs that there'll be a way to detect but right now there's not well and be by the 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 10 two hours after they're done with that somebody will figure out a way to get around it probably he said everyone is not using ai some schools using it a lot more than others um, he quotes this person, you have no idea how much we're using ChatGBT, the recent title of an essay written by a Columbia undergraduate in the Chronicle of Higher Education about how kids are using ChatGPT way more than their parents, professors, and other kids know. And it's better to assume everybody's using it. It's much closer to everyone's using it than nobody's using it, if you're going to guess one or the other. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Is there more to that? I'm, and how it's, derail it's you. they're just going to have to find ways around it. There's going to have to be a lot more testing in the classroom, writing papers in the classroom, group work in the classroom. If you send yeah. a kid home with an assignment to write a paper, chat GPT is going to be involved. Just count on it. Yeah, interesting. And I understand the idea of let's teach the kids how to utilize it so they're part of the modern world. That absolutely makes sense. But I, I picture a handful of times, you know, in the last 20, 30 years where the power's gone out or what have you, and everybody looks around at each other for a while and says, I guess we go home now. Because it's impossible to conduct business without computers. Right. In a way that was absolutely not true, you know, a generation and a half ago. And this will even further that trend that if you don't have all your tools, your electronic tools, Andy, you might as well just go home. (laughs) (laughs) 
We do four hours. If you miss an hour, you should subscribe to our podcast. So you make sure you get every hour Armstrong and Getty on demand. Armstrong and Getty. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today.